Hello and welcome to the Invincible Tricking Podcast, where we recreate those 3am gathering hangout sessions and hear trickers' stories and insights. I'm James Daly, I'm the creator of Invincible Tricking. With me currently in New York is Invincible Editor Jeremy Price. Hey. And with us today is OC Master Rasmus Ott. Rasmus, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, James. It's awesome to have you on here. What's What's been going on? What have you been up to? Uh, I just came home from Stockholm uh, this night. Uh, I've been there on vacation and also uh, hooking up with some Swedish trickers. So right now I'm just uh, a little bit tired and uh, yeah, just enjoying my Sunday really. Oh, nice. are, are, are you tired, Rasmus? Are you are you on four hours of sleep as well? Oh, that sounds that sounds just uh, awful. I'm, I'm Jeremy, not on four why hours. are you on four hours? I think of I have sleep. six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to everyone listening, as I'm sure you can imagine. Uh, it's been pretty tough coordinating our schedules since uh, we are in New York and Denmark and Sydney, and, and, yeah. and it's just like a nightmare to figure out exactly when yeah. we should chat. So um, let's sound so, off here, Jeremy. What time is it where you are? Uh, it is seven twenty-five a.m. where I am. And did you have a big night last night? Say again. Did you have a big night last night? I did have a big night last night. Yes, I was, I was, no, I, I did. I, I was at this thing called uh, Aussie Fest, which is uh, is like this big festival for like uh, speakers and musicians. Like uh, Jason Derulo was there, so so it was like a, it, it was, it was wow. like, when Jason Derulo's in, in the house, you know, it's going to be a party. Yeah, geez, that sounds, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, Rasmus, what time is it where you are? Uh, it's like um, one. Uh, I'm not sure if it's called pre-midnight or after midnight. I think it's pre-midnight. Is okay. it not? Is it light outside? Yeah, it's light outside. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah one p.m. Will, yeah, Wait, is that PM. is that what p.m. and a.m. stand for? Pre right, pre-midnight and after midnight. Yeah, oh my I god, think so. that makes sense. Wait, I literally <laughs> never thought of that until right now. Neither have I. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Rasmus, you just Rasmus, blew my fucking mind. You're teaching mind, us so much. <laughs> man, this was already yeah. a great conversation. Like, we could end it here, and I'd be like, man, I learned here. a lot. Yeah, good talk, good talk. <laughs> <laughs> wow, all right. So, <laughs> okay, well, uh, after that mind blow, let's, uh, let's get right into this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, if you didn't listen to episode one, the general format that this follows, we have some questions that Jeremy and I have prepared, and we have some questions uh, that you, the community, have submitted over the past week or two, and we're just going to run through them and have a good old chat with Rasmus. So, let's yeah. start pretty broad. Um, Sean Abbott asks, what does a typical Rasmus Ott day look like? What do you get up to? Ooh, that's a hard one. Like... Usually, I thought this would be the easy one. Yeah. Um, I, well, it depends on what day it is. Like right now, I, I just got a new job. I'm uh, working at a cultural center for children. Oh, nice. Um, and that's uh, that's like one and a half hours away by train from where I live. So Yikes. right now and forward on, the typical day for me is like waking up very early and taking the train for one and a half hours. Then walk around in this uh, big house full of art for children, and uh, <laughs> and then go home and uh, relax and have some coffee and stuff like that. But I don't know, like the typical day for me, if if I have time, I I, I usually uh, spend a lot of time uh, in the mornings, getting up, having a slow and nice morning coffee, breakfast, uh, 
just chilling out really and uh, like optimal for me it's uh i use like three hours for me before the day really uh, begins uh, and then uh, all stuff can happen like i i'm not the type of person that tricks every day so i do a lot of stuff um i i don't know i don't i don't think there's a typical rasmussat day like that I mean, mm. the most typical may, might be uh, going to work and go home again. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Whoa. that travel time, man, is crazy. Does that impact yeah. your tricking training at all? How do you find time to um, trick? Well, um, like I just had this job for like one week now, but uh, the good thing about it about it is that it's only uh, thirty hours a week, so I'm off every Monday. So nice. I have oh, nice. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday uh, off uh every week so uh, so that's pretty awesome yeah so then, that's really good so then, and then at your job itself like what exactly are you doing like specifically during the day like are you just you know like, like hanging up children's artwork and stuff yeah like it's uh it's this uh kind of a four floor uh house where there's different activities for children which are shifting a little bit during the seasons. And uh, what I do is uh, I walk around and I talk with these uh, children if they have any questions or whatever. And then my job is to find out what's gonna happen next in the house, like what new exhibitions can we make or what kind of uh, events could we make uh, or like different arrangements. I'm talking with uh, artists uh, that can do anything for the place and stuff like that so it's um yeah it's it's a lot different uh stuff i do there but also like i've only been there for a week so i i don't really have like a typical work day for now i'm 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 like slowly fitting into the to the to the job as well gotcha and like an awesome job yeah it does do, do you ever do like tricks for the kids i'm sure they just like freak out well actually I, I haven't done it yet, but maybe maybe I should do that. Just uh, throw a casual backflip or something. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean like well, you know when, cause when you're like six or seven, I mean or pretty much at any age, honestly. I mean those simple things are enough to just blow your mind. Yeah, that's true. Like I, I besides that, I work for a TV station called uh, Ramesham, which is uh, like a channel we have for kids here. And uh, sometimes on the shows there, where I'm a, I'm a TV host there, I do some flips there, and uh, that's that's pretty popular in that setting. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, we had we had another question from uh, from someone in the community. Um, Lars Peter Lang Lange, I don't know. I'm gonna butcher a lot of these names. Asks, um, like, what is it like being a tricking legend and a beer expert? Are you are you are you really into beer, Rasmus? <laughs> yeah, I know that guy who asked this question. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Well, um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I guess. Some might say it's a little bit of a two contradicting things hmm. in some ways, but uh, but yeah, I, I have a lot of different hobbies, and uh, one of them is uh, is uh, is beer. I um, I love like uh, the craft beer scene, and um, that's something I've been like nerding, you would say, for <laughs> for quite some years now. Um, so how does it work together? I don't know. I, I don't think they work together. It's just something I do when I'm not tricking. Like I do so much other stuff when I'm not tricking. But um, 
So you don't get blasted yeah, I mean, and then and then drain. Uh, <laughs> it has ha- like yeah. It's, ha- it's it's happened. Like, there uh, we go. There it's we go. happened. Like in Denmark, we talk about uh, like it's it's not like I go out uh, like I drink a lot of beers before uh, before tricking or something like that. But sometimes you you've had a few the night before and then the day after tricks is fine. Like sometimes it can even give you a little bit a little boost like, because uh, because you're you're a little bit drained from water. No, it's so, found that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So so we talk about uh, in Denmark we talk about the magical hangover gap, which is like forty five <laughs> minutes of energy where you actually can trick better than you ever can. Uh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, but but I I would say this like um, being being uh, like a, a beer like being interested in beer is also. Uh, it's also like uh, drinking very moderate because I'm I'm I don't get hammered while I drink beer. Like the the the, the thing for me is the taste, and uh, I usually stop when I when I'm not feeling my senses so much. Mm, so yeah, uh, yeah. so so actually, you could say maybe they they don't work as much together. But like it's it's I have a very very like moderate drinking situation because I I enjoy the flavor and I don't just drink to get hammered. It's it's the flavor and the the aromas and stuff like that that interest me. So, so in that sense, it's it's actually less contradicting than like being a, a party person or or whatever um, you mm. could say. What's your? Do you have a favorite beer? A favorite brand? Ah, uh, it's very very hard. Like my favorite beers are like uh, barrel aged imperial stouts and then also like sour lambics from Belgium. So it's two very contradicting beer styles <laughs> as well. So I guess I'm just eclectic overall, both in tricking <laughs> beer and also beer styles itself. So yeah. Well, so your tricking style is reflected in your beer taste. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> All right, delving more into your other hobbies and, and, and more more in your past. And you probably knew this yeah. question was coming. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you Brandon Bolt has asked, well, what was it like being a child rap star? Oh, um, yeah, when I was uh, 12 years old, I won this uh, singing competition in Denmark where I was doing a rap song. I was 12 years old at that time. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty fun. I mean, uh, it was actually a part of that... Oh, uh, maybe a bit far out, but a little bit of that has to do with me starting to tricking because that was where my interest in breakdancing started, and oh, that's really? why I wanted to. Yeah, that's why I wanted to like learn flips and stuff. I had a, I had a tour manager at that time who was a, an old gymnast, and um, he taught me to do a backhand spring. So I learned to Damn, do that, and cool. uh, and uh, I did that on stage while I was rapping and stuff. And that's, I mean, maybe the the very 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 like birth of my tricking career in some sense so uh, yeah it was pretty fun it was pretty fun I, I stopped doing that when I was 14 I guess so and then uh, a few years later I, oh, a few months later I got a, a garden trampoline and that's where the, the tricking started for me so it was pretty cool and you could say it has a little bit to do with my tricking career as well yeah, that huh. is the coolest origin story. Yeah, that's wild, man. So, like, how <laughs> do you remember you... the words to your? Um... Oh, sorry, Jeremy, go on. No, no, no. It's all, it's all good, James. It's all, I'll tell you. I wanted to know if you remember the words to the song, Rasmus, to your, to your number one hit. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, it's a Danish song, so I don't know if uh, it's I can explain it in English. It's like a song about a skateboard trick that I. Oh, I, I want more than explanation. I... I want a rendition. I want a performance. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, no, 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 no. It's it's too it's too early for me, man. I can't, I can't remember it that good. <laughs> but it's uh, it was a song about a skateboard trick that I was really really proud to have landed. Well, it's called yeah. a kick flipper, right? Yeah, which right. sounds which sounds like a tricking thing, by the way, like kick yeah, flip. Yeah, like... that's true. That's true. I mean, some some Danish people who knows me from from the past at that time, they they think that actually what I'm doing now it's it's is uh, is kick flipping. That that's that's tricking. That's pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah, that's wild. So then, how did you even get <laughs> to the point of of doing this? this singing competition like where like did you just like start singing in the shower and then then you decided mm. that that you wanted to you know compete on a national level like how did you even get to that mm. point i don't know i'm i mean i've just always like uh, had a lot of ideas and then i don't know I, I i did break dancing and i thought that that was cool so yeah there was this competition and i just thought that hey why not why not try it so i found some some two people who could make uh, music and then I just gathered up and tried to to make it hmm. very nice. cool very cool yeah. yeah yeah and then and then were you done like touring around like like it, lo it looks like from this from this oh so famous kick flipper video it looks like you're performing mm. for like like thousands of people like it, it was that the case yeah yeah, that that was the Nordic a Nordic competition, which was like a gathering of uh, like uh, Denmark, Sweden, and Norway, I think, which I won, and that that was a pretty big crowd there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was that was that intimidating for for young Rasmus Ott, or or were you uh, uh, all about it? Mm, yeah, I th I think at that time I was just all about it. I don't I don't think I actually considered it that much. I just I just thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> we do too, rest assured. We do too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, looking at, at some of these other um, aspects of your life aside from just mm. purely tricking, um, I remember yeah. seeing in a couple of your videos, it looks like it looked like you were reading some pretty intense books. Like I seem to remember seeing like some Kafka and some Dostoevsky. Yeah. yeah. And so like, yeah. my, and so, you know, I mentioned uh, before we started recording that, um, that I just got my own degree like a year ago and it was in, yeah, yeah. and it was in literature. Like I'm, I'm really like into that yeah. stuff. So like are, are, are oh, books nice. like a really big part of your life? Um, I mean, it was uh, at a point. It it is still, but I mean, I I'm a very curious person, so I love like uh, learning new stuff. And um, I've had a big period of my life where I watched a lot of like movies, like old uh, movies, mostly like European and stuff. And after my interest for that like sort of um, expanded, then. Uh, I got to reading a lot of uh, books as well, and I I don't know. I'm just like when if I want to read a book, I want to read something that I know is like good. I want to read like the good stuff. Hmm. So uh, so that's why I I, uh, I enjoy reading stuff like Dostoevsky and uh, Kafka and uh, James Joyce and stuff like that. That's that's uh, it's uh, it's just. Yeah, I don't know what what you can say. It's just uh, I, I don't I don't want to say I'm a I'm a big uh, literature expert or 
like uh, that it's a big part of my life it's uh, it's just something that I was caught up in like three years of my life and uh, after I uh, started studying culture and aesthetics then yeah, that kind of stuff was sort of like um, a part of my uh, of my uh, studies so I didn't like uh, read a lot of my on my private uh, time because it was sort of incorporated in my studies but now after I'm done uh, studying I'm uh, I'm looking to go back and uh, start reading more again and, uh, and watch uh, watch movies and stuff like that like art has always uh, interested me in uh, in one or, or more, more levels you could say Gotcha, gotcha. No, that's really interesting. Man, Is there like I'm a... out of my depth here with uh, books. I do not know either of these authors. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, James. But, but you know, <laughs> last, thing, last thing before we move on from that, um, do you have like yeah. a specific um, book recommendation for us? Like, if 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 everybody listening could go and, and try one of these uh, one of these uh, one of these authors or one of their yeah, that's books, a good idea. What, what would you recommend? Uh, the Rasmus well, the the Invincible Tricking Book Club, starring Rasmus Ott. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I would say if it's not gonna be like too big of a killer, like because some of these books they are they are very very long mm -hmm. and uh, it takes a lot of time and concentration to read. But one of the more shorter things I I, I guess you could read uh, Franz Kafka America. Oh okay. Is, uh, yeah, it's a book about uh, and yeah, it's like. Uh, a guy going to America, and it's uh, it's written by Franz Kafka, and he has never been to America himself. Uh, so um, it's 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 a pretty interesting book about uh, Franz Kafka's like interpretation about some aspects of uh, of uh, different parts of America. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, have mm -hmm. to check that out then. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds yeah. great. Yeah, I, I mean, and I... that's 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 not too long as well. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty short, so it's it's also not a a big struggle to uh, to read it as well. So it's gotcha. a good introduction then to more of uh, the the fine literature then. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, I've I've read uh, the trial and like the metamorphosis yeah. from Kafka, which I and I, mean, I loved both of those, but have not read America yeah. yet. The the trial is also a classic. That's that's also something you you could go with. That's really good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, we'll report back on the next episode on uh, yeah uh, on yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah we should make like a. <laughs> Like a, a competing a podcast club. of a, a book a book club tricking yes tricking. yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> genius oh perfect I think Jeremy's the perfect person to host that oh I'm so down <laughs> yeah. oh, watch out James I'm gonna do that <laughs> we're gonna get like oh, ten listeners to <laughs> all right we'll bring it slightly back uh, towards tricking now now Erasmus you mentioned just a few minutes ago that your previous job was uh, presenting on on a TV show on a kids show yeah and I noticed yeah. that um, at gatherings like hooked where you're emceeing that you're very comfortable mm. emceeing and presenting an event mm. like that have you do yeah. do you find your job has impacted how you present these tricking gatherings do you take elements uh, from your jobs into tricking yeah well I don't really know I, I've just I don't know. I think I just ha have a flair for performing in those situations. Like, um, yeah, I don't really know if if it's impacted uh, the one or the other. But uh, I guess you could just say that uh, you know, standing in front of an audience has just been a part of my life. Like uh, now uh, with uh, with uh, with TV uh, for Ramesheng and. And in the past, uh, as we talked about, with uh, with uh, rapping and stuff like that, and and then on um, 
on uh, on tricking uh, tricking stages like uh, like hooked. Uh, I don't know. Like I've I've just uh, I've always made uh, videos like all of my life uh, in one way or the other. Like also like when uh, when I started tricking, that also like started that me and uh, all the Danish. Uh, all the Danish triggers were making like short films and stuff like that. So it's it's just always been a big big part of my life to performing in one way or the other. Mm, nice, Very that's cool. awesome. Then, what's yeah. it like when you present a gathering like Hooked? Like, do you plan much of it, or do you just you know let it come organically because you're so comfortable in that scenario? Mm, like for me, it's uh, I I try to actually uh, to actually set myself aside as much as possible because I just want to like present what whatever is going on in the most like uh, awesome way as possible so I, I i don't plan very much because i want to like feel like wh- where is the crowd and yeah, how can yeah. i how can i like fit into the crowd so i'm not like overly energetic or like overly uh bo- bored or whatever <laughs> like i want to i want to fit into to where the crowd is at and uh, just uh, present it as uh, as nice as possible that's really interesting, and, and I know a lot, a lot of people. When it comes to this stuff, they have stage fright, or or, or they're uncomfortable with public speaking. Um, has that yeah. ever been the case for you, or, or, or are you just more energized by it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I can get a bit nervous, maybe, but sometimes. But in in a situation like hooked, I I, I don't feel nervous because I feel like I know like fifty percent of the crowd. Or like <laughs> yeah, more. that's true. So yeah. I. I really just feel like I'm, I'm talking to my friends really I, I don't think it's a it's something that it t- intimidates me in that situation because I know that everyone here is is here for the same thing and and I'm not here to fool anyone people know that I love tricking as well and that I want to do as good as, as of a job that I can so uh, so yeah uh, for me it, it works great uh, at hooked great and, and you know as we kind of le- lean into our next question here when you're judging at hooked or, or somewhere else um, what's going through your mind in terms of what you look for um, for in the winner like I know you yourself um, are of course notable for being so innovative with your combos um, and so creative is that something that you look for in a successful battler or what, what do you what do you look for like for me when I'm judging tricking it's actually very very interesting but I feel like I am the I am an ambassador for like the whole community so you could say I I don't I try to set like my own like personal um, personal likings a little bit aside and try to to be a bigger voice that speaks for a bigger community um, I don't know if that makes sense, but I try to see no, like, okay, what does, is yeah. what is what is uh, what is like what is considered hardest and more popular within the trading community, um, um, this or this, and that's where I try to vote. And I mean, you you can't set yourself aside completely, but I try to like be an ambas- ambassador for a, a bigger community than just my own personal likings. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so for your own personal likings, like who, who, you know, who have you been enjoying watching recently? What type of stuff do you like to see with tricks? Mm. Well, for me, I think the tricking scene is just very, very exciting right now, and uh, I, I follow a lot of the new triggers, but it's also at a point where, like, every week on Instagram, I just see this new trigger who can do. 
amazing stuff and i'm like yeah. who is this guy i've never heard of that uh, yeah. him before so i think at 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 one point it's uh, it's it's very very uh, interesting and you get so stimulating but at another point it's also a bit frustrating that you can't really have that uh, that uh, totalizing view of where tricking is because you, you just know that there's some crazy triggers out there that you've never even heard about that you just suddenly see on a random Instagram post so um, so for me like I, I, I follow as as many triggers that I can that I think are interesting, but for me to name any names, ah, I don't really know, man. I think whatever all of the all of the garrison right now is killing it, especially Ahmed and uh, Ahmed and Kyle and Kojo. I really enjoy watching their stuff. Um, also, Keenan Carr is just someone that I've just been holding an eye on these these last couple of years. He's very very interesting, and uh, yeah, also. Yeah, and I also enjoy that uh, uh, a guy like Bubba Crispel is uh, like slowly coming back into the scene. He's like one of the one of the OG triggers, Luke Kicks triggers, and mm-hmm. uh, I t- I try to see as much footage as him as possible. Uh, he's been uploading uploading a new sampler recently. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, there's there's a, a lot of people to mention. Uh, too too many to mention actually. <laughs> No, that's great. That's great. And uh, that actually transitions perfectly into um, our next community question. Um, My boy John Franks um, asks, uh, nowadays tricking has grown so much that it's harder to pinpoint when true innovation is happening. Do you think the hype for big tricks has pushed it out? Or has innovation itself become so mainstream that intricate combo work has become commonplace? Um, Damn, good question. John. There, yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, a very that's... good question. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I think actually that the 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 quote that big trick has become such a big thing. I mean, it has, but I also think that the the little things gets uh, get a lot of attention these days. I mean, I can see in the in the tricking group, uh, just to just to name a, a random uh, random situation is. Uh, Johannes uh, Anseler from Finland. He just posted a clip where he did like uh, cheat nine uh, to uh, to Gumby. And that's you know it's a, it's a pretty simple transition, but it's just something that you don't see a lot. And people just thought that transition was just so cool, uh, and uh, he got a lot of attention on that. And and I just think that's a good example that. Um, that tricking is not just. Uh, I mean, the tricking community. You you. You should not underestimate them because they they have the eye uh, for tricking and they have the eye for the little things as well. And it can be tempting to like just say that uh, oh tricking is just uh, about uh, quad corks and trip trips and stuff like that. But I I'm not gonna go with that. I think the the there's there's room for a lot in the tricking community. And um, I think being innovative in tricking. Uh, I mean, it's harder and harder to set yourself aside from the majority of triggers, but I don't think it's become like a mainstream thing. I think people notice when there's something cool and uh, non-traditional in uh, in your combos mm. or in your styles or, or, or whatever. Yeah, nice. Yeah, actually, funny sense. you mentioned Johannes there. He has our next question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> ah, funny, funny. So Johannes Antilla asks... 
you've done so many combos that no one else has ever thought of or, or, or done themselves. How does this make you feel? This is a pretty unique feeling that you've done things that, you know, the majority or almost or no one else has done. How, how do you feel about that? Mm. Well, I, I mean, I don't know how I feel about it. I just, for me, I just try to trick the way that I, that I like and do stuff that I think is cool. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just try to work with whatever I can do and uh, just do something that is cool. And if people consider that as unique or, or whatever, that's, that's just uh, nice for me. But uh, it's, not, it's not like... Uh, it's not what I, like what I live on. I just try to trick uh, in a cool way and uh, try to trick uh, the way that I'm able to and try to do something that I myself think is cool and is if if other other people see the quality as well I I just uh, I'm just happy about that that's really interesting actually I think that speaks a lot about where uh, I guess innovation would come from I mean on the one hand you have the tricking greats then everyone you know obviously aspires to be like the tricking greats when they first start mm. but if you follow that path the whole way like it's almost inevitable that you'll end up looking like someone else. Whereas if you do what you personally enjoy and feel looks good, it almost organically yeah. happens that you end up doing something that's purely you. And by definition, yeah. that's unique. That's innovative. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you could say that uh, I think, you know, at some point in, in every person's tricking career, you just find something that you are a little bit better at doing than something else and if you like interesting sort of sort of seek that out a little bit then you, you that that's the way you find your your own personal style i would say is to find that that little sneak hole <laughs> to uh, to getting to getting really good at one a aspect and then you know mix it mixing it mixing that up with some other aspects that you have uh, to work a little bit harder for um, if that if that makes sense yeah, no, I think it does. And sort of going, you know, continuing that train of thought a little bit, it seems like there are some trickers who think that if you want to be tricking properly, you need to have certain components in place. Like I've heard, you know, if you're not kicking, you're not tricking or, you know, or whatever. But it seems like with what you're saying, focusing on one aspect of tricking and really prioritizing it is really what you need to, to develop your own style, right? So, so in, in your mind, you know, does does a good tricker have certain skills and certain capabilities, or is it really just about focusing on what you want to focus on? Um, I think you can do either way. Like, I'm not gonna be saying that you shouldn't work hard for some of the stuff that you just that just not come natural to you. Uh, I mean, it's it's good to work hard on on the stuff that uh, that uh, you don't that you have a harder time doing, but. You could say that uh, if you want to set yourself apart, then maybe follow that path of the stuff that just comes a little bit easier to you, hmm. and then along that road, along that road, you can you can practice the stuff that is uh, a little bit more hard for you, and then mix those two up um, to to sort of create a, a well-rounded style that has some of that uniqueness and some of the the stuff that comes e easy to you. Uh, I think that that's that's how I approach uh, tricking, because I I I'm not the person that is just you know really good at one thing. Uh, my ideal of tricking is like being as uh, well-rounded as possible. Like I want to you know expand all 
uh, aspects of tricking and mixing them together in a cool way. That's that's sort of like my my goal uh, in tricking, and I don't have an easy time on uh, on all aspects of tricking. I mean, so some of them I've worked really really hard for, and and other stuff has just come more natural to me. Gotcha, gotcha. No, that's that's really insightful. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, we have uh, another community question. Um, this one is from Philip Fortune, and um, and and Phil, he's he's asking the question that we all really want to know, and uh, <laughs> and that is, what was it like to take tricking beyond tricking? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> I I'm, I'm pretty sure he's referring to the uh, the, the portrait. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he might be. Portrait. Oh yeah, <laughs> if, yeah. yeah for be. for anybody listening, if you haven't watched this video yet, go immediately to Rasmus Odd's channel and see this thing because it is fucking hysterical. <laughs> yeah. So the thing about this video is that we just want to make like an extreme version of Rasmus Odd. Um, <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, like I have this, I have this persona that I can put on, who is very, very, like, um, very extreme, very uh, self-confident and very artsy in a way, to say, very pretentious. And uh, we just thought it would be cool to like put this kind of person in a tricking setting, of being like the the famous uh, Rasmusat and um, take tricking beyond tricking and just being the best at doing Rasmusat. And uh, as funny as it is, it's it's it also has a a message actually to like be be the best you can and at uh, at yourself. And uh, if if you're like being the best version of yourself, then nobody can be the best version of you. Only you can. So that's a a bit of a cliche, but I think also an important message for uh, for for tricking at least because it's uh, it can be hard to like uh, find if if you're a really competitive person, it can be f be hard to like uh, start off tricking because there's just there there'll just always be that one guy out in the world who's just gonna be so much better than you. But uh, if you strive to if you strive to become uh, the best version of yourself, then uh, then you're doing good. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, I really like that a lot. Damn, who knew that video would be so uh, have such a wise message? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I just mean, thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is funny. I mean, and I also think that the 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 message is is sort of like an, an aftermath, you could say. Yeah, but, um, yeah. But I but I think uh, I think it also shows that uh, that kind of uh, that kind of. Uh, approach to tricking and uh, the tricking beyond tricking is just you know it's just a funny tagline you know it's like what is what is the ultimate tricking that's tricking beyond tricking it's uh, <laughs> yeah it's just it's just funny it's just funny oh, dude games. i thought it was genius i thought oh, it was yeah. fantastic <laughs> <laughs> okay so our next community question is from and i hope i say good luck right? yeah. dimitri dimitri venus I, I'm, look, I'm not going to do better than that. I'm sorry, Dimitri. Um, he asks, "How do you? What do you think of when you are creating combos? What's your thinking process like when you come up with the world's most unique tricking passes?" Um, I think you might have answered this already as we were yeah, talking about this I topic, mean, though. Yeah, but I, I like, I can, I can add this: is that uh, you know, I'm, I'm not thinking about making the world's most unique ah. or whatever. But what, yeah. I, what I'm thinking about is, uh, I usually when I. I can I can talk about generally speaking when I'm building combos. Mm -hmm. um, I I usually have like one uh, link of tricks that I want to do, like one transition. Like 
let's say I, I want to do like um, Ariel to Grandmaster Scoot to cheat 9 or whatever like that's that's a cool thing I want to do that and then I sort of think okay so that's like that's like the main thing of the combo so how can can I get into that sort of link of free tricks or whatever in a, in a nice way and how can I get out of it Mm. Um, so that's that's like usually how I build combos is that I have this one mm. link of tricks like you know, two or three tricks that I want to link together in a certain way and then I try to like build an, an ending or a start for that one. It can also be that I have a start for a combo and then I try to make the ending of it like that that's how I think combos I I actually it's very rare that I have like combos that are just written from the start to the end. Yeah, that's 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 almost never how it starts. I have like this this amount of uh, of tricks, which are usually two or three, and then I have several possible endings or several possible beginnings, uh, depending on what worked for me that particular day, day that I'm gonna uh, make the, make the combo. Hmm, gotcha. that's very interesting. So you have like a core component that you then build around. That's that's fascinating, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I never really thought of it that way. I mean, like, do you like? I mean, looking back, are there any combos from your samplers that you're particularly proud of? Like ones that that you really like? Looking back, um, I mean, there there are a lot uh, that I really like, but I don't think I have like one one favorite. Mm. Um, no, I don't think there's like one that stands out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Any just like. You know, maybe is there one of many that 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 you're particularly proud of? Mm, I mean, what I am proud of. One thing that I am proud of is uh, back in cut the grass. I I made uh, sort of like an aerial Webster thing, and then carried through that into a parafuso. Huh. And at that time, nobody really did that, and that's just become a very, very common transition today. Huh. And uh, I don't, th I don't want to say that I invented that, but I think I sort of popularized that that certain transition, mm -hmm. and I use it a lot uh, today as well, going into like race or five forty or parafuso or even snapper swipe or whatever. So I think that was a that was a. Uh, an icebreaker that I'm I'm really proud of uh, that I I started to do in that way. Very cool. Just one, just 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 that one link actually. Hmm. No, no. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's 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 a great example. Um, I'm gonna have to go back and watch Cut the Grass to yeah. to, to see what you mean there. Um, and this kind of also hints uh, at something else I was wondering about. It's it's like uh, you know you know looking back at. Um, and obviously your samplers, you've done, you know, you, you've accomplished so much in tricking and I'm sure you've gone to so many events and have met so many people. I mean, to, to the extent that it's even possible to choose one, do you have a single best tricking memory? Mm. Well, mm, let me think about that. Like a single best tricking memory. I think the the best memory that I have is uh, landing uh, double B twist by myself uh, hmm. uh, on my little grass tricking spot uh, back in Aalborg in hmm. the north of Denmark. Hmm. Just by myself, just being the hypest I could be, no hmm. one around, just that one single trick just got me screaming. <laughs> out. 
That's it's so I, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that. That was a very, very big experience for me. And then also thinking about the double B-twist, which sort of have been like my my savior in tricking, like my, my true companion in tricking. Uh, so that just makes it uh, even more magical for me thinking back of the <laughs> first time I landed double B-twist. Also my double cork, I landed in a summer house with uh, 10 other triggers and stuff like that. I uh, had three hours in, of sleep. I just came home from Greece and uh, I tricked uh, on grass and I landed my first double cork and straight after I landed that I just took off all my clothes and made it again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that, that, that's a pretty cool uh, cool experience as well. Just it's the uh, most Rasmussen sentence ever. Yeah, just sharing that, uh, that, that magical moment of landing your first double cork with all your best friends uh, on a grass tricking spot is just, uh, that's also a very, very cool memory. That's nice, yeah. man. I really like that. Same. Now, I answered this question last episode, but I don't think we heard your answer, Jeremy. What's what's your best tricking memory? Oh, geez, my best tricking memory. Um, that is good. That is good. Um, I guess a couple come to mind. Um, I mean, one, you know, actually, it's funny you mentioned your first double cork, Rasmus. Like that would definitely be yeah. one of mine as well. This is back. Yeah. Th- this is when I was. Um, you know, still hanging out with James when I was studying abroad in Sydney for, for a few months. And, nice. and I, and I kept getting closer and closer to, to, to double cork. And I finally landed it at gym stars with a bunch of the, the sure shot guys. And, um, and that was a great, that was a great feeling, but, um, probably, you know, maybe, you know, one other one was, uh, the first time I landed, uh, cork swing cork, um, which was back home in Florida with my home team, uh, the Muggle Slayers. And, uh, and this was like, it was probably like, like 10 or 10 30. We had just finished like a three hour session. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I like, I, and I was like, fuck this. Like I'm, I'm totally landing this. I don't even care. So I like take <laughs> off my pants and like, I'm, I'm only, <laughs> only in my boxers. And like, and I put on like the hypest song I can think of and I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm just doing it. And so like, I finally land it. And like, and like the whole team was there. So like 10, 15 people, like all just like swarm me. Right. And, and that had like never happened to me before. So that was like a very surreal, very euphoric moment. And, uh, I'll, I'll never forget it. That sounds awesome. That sounds, that sounds like a very, very good memory. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> yeah. Now, Rasmus, before we get to our final question, uh, I believe you have a new sampler in the works. If you want to tell us yeah. anything about that. Yeah, I'm, um, like right now, I'm I'm currently working on a on a summer sampler. Uh, so uh, going back to like making a sampler only containing grass tricking clips, um, which Ooh, has been a goal for box. me. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it has been a goal for me for several years now, but due to injuries and stuff like that, uh, it's just not been possible. But uh, this summer. Um, it's gonna happen. I have like uh, a little bit more than three minutes uh, footage down as for now and I also have uh, all of August to, to record it and yeah, um, man. I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be something that I'm going to be pretty proud of uh, when it's done. So, uh, so yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty hyped for that. I'm tra- training really hard for it as well. Man, I'm super psyched for that. Do you, uh, can you give us a? I'm guessing it'll be out towards the end of summer. Then is that when we should expect it? Yeah, I think somewhere around like uh, end of August or start September or something like that. 
but um, but let's see. I mean, I'm 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 not sure yet, like because uh, you know, a lot can happen and stuff like that. But um, but but that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm aiming for. Hmm. Nice. All right, that's 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 great, man. That's really exciting. We'll have to keep an eye out for it. Yes. Yeah. It's um, pretty cool. And that's. Can you give us any more hints about it, or Mike, should we Mike. should we wait in? Uh, should we leave it a mystery? Yeah, let's. Uh, oh, what what do you say? One more time, James. Can you give us any more hints about what we should expect, or we're just going to leave it as a mystery for now? I mean, I can like for 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 for, for this sampler, the the goal is to sort of like make a complete uh, complete package of what I've been training to do in the gym like for for the last couple of two years or something uh, the last two years I've, I've been a little bit more power based in the gym and uh, mm, the goal that. to mm-hmm. yeah the goal to this sampler is to take some of that and uh, take to the grass but still uh, have that some of my old style as well so I just I just want to project uh, my sort of like new style if you could say that onto the grass and just try to make the coolest combos that I that I'm capable of uh, out in the grass and to just make a, a good old classic uh, Rasmussen sampler that projects tricking the way that I want it to be projected that's Man, great I can't wait. yeah I'm, I'm, really, I'm, 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 I'm really psyched for that as well um, well, on that note, I mean, I, I think we just had uh, one more question for you, Rasmus. Um, yeah, yeah. So, looking looking ahead, you know, years down down the line, when uh, you know, when you when you're fi- when you finally are just about done with tricking, um, mm. how do you want to be remembered? Mm. How I want to be remembered? Well, I don't really know. Like I. Tricking is a it's a fun sport because it's so the history is so um, liquid if you could say that like uh, oh good time I, I, yeah it's it's so liquid because it's uh, the the footage uh, is so temporary and even more so today with Instagram and Facebook feeds and stuff like that so it seems like everything is just slowly being forgotten and the 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 current the now is what's 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 the realist in tricking um so for me i i spend a lot of time myself to like paying respects to to the triggers that i looked up to when i started like uh, seshomaro and uh, the whole loop kicks team mm. and um and FF and FS and all of those guys, I really, I really, I try to mention them as much as I can. And that's, I want to mention them here as well. They, they, there's so much good there to, to see even today. So for me, I just, I don't think I want to be remembered in a certain way. I just hope that those samplers that I've put so much energy in actually are watchable in like 10 years from now that people can actually go back and look at those samplers and get something out of them still uh, in some way or another maybe not get cur- like directly inspiration for them because i i'm guessing that tricking is uh, is another place and at another level at that time but just looking at it like historically and uh, then you know give a sort of uh, a feel of how tricking was at that time uh, so I'm guessing just I don't want to be remembered uh, like uh, in a specific way but I just want to be 
remember, like I want to leave something behind uh, with my samplers as I stop tricking. I don't know if that mm. answers the question in a in a sensible way. No, I think it no, does. It I thought does. that was yeah, I thought yeah. that was pretty profound actually. <laughs> it's interesting yeah. that you say that as well because your samplers are yours particularly are a lot more than just the tricks that make them up. I mean, the tricks are incredibly innovative and they expand everyone's imagination as to what is possible to be done. But as a whole, mm. they are very interesting cultural um, mm. uh, pieces. I mean, uh, I think it's Source that has Lemon World as the song. Yeah. Um, mm. That song, I mean, I, I listen to that song to this day because it reminds me of that sampler and it gets me excited about, True. about tricks. Mm. Not necessarily yeah. because of the tricks you did there, but it, no. the way it made me feel. Mm. And that alone, I think, is something that, like, no matter what happens to tricking, stands the test of time. Yeah, I mean that's 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 what I'm aiming for. Like I want the, I guess I'm taking the sampler uh, the, the sampler aspect of tricking very serious because I want to, I want to make my samplers like meaningful in some way mm. or, or another. Like I, I take that pretty serious actually to, to actually give something uh, to the community. Like I feel that I've been given uh, by several samplers that that I've been watching, and uh, yeah, that's why I I I. I I try to put a lot of energy uh, into my samples and try to like make an impression on whoever watches them and make it like uh, make it a bit more than just uh, showing my skill level, uh, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. Do you mm -hmm. find yourself um, moving more towards YouTube and samplers and away from Instagram type things? Um, I think we spoke about this oh. with Phil as well, and I guess yeah. I'm yeah. to hear your opinion on that. Yeah. Well, I like. I know there's been a lot of talk, and and uh, some see it as a sort of a battle between the two. But I, I think Instagram is a good thing. I think it's a it's a way to to like get out to more people than you can on YouTube. But I just think that it's sad that it's sort of a exclude uh, exclude YouTube. I think there should be room for both. For me, Instagram has been a good tool. I've been using it for like more of the just the gym clips, the training clips, which I know that like I can't really put into a sampler in a in a yeah, yeah. in a too exciting way. Uh, so for me, Instagram is just more of a of a place to like put out uh, like training stuff and just more like sing single clips. Uh, and not a place to like uh, uh, post samplers or whatever. So yeah. I think there should there should be room for both. Uh, but I'm not a fan of like Instagram like replacing YouTube and replacing samplers. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I am more of it more of um, more of trying to get samplers a little bit more back uh, on the tricking scene as well uh, on YouTube. Uh, so. Uh, but I don't know what what should be done to 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 stop that sort of uh, Instagram uh, evolution that excludes uh, YouTube samples. I think that we we must find uh, a middle ground where 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 we can use both Instagram and and YouTube samplers. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very interesting, especially I mean, um, cool to see how you see they both have. A place for very specific roles in uh, yeah. in your tricking. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I I love Instagram. I think it's a uh, it's cool, and it's also cool. It's it's a way that you can you can find uh, new triggers that you've yeah, never heard sure. of before. Like I I love browsing like the the sort of discover uh, application mm. on uh, on Instagram because you can find so many triggers that you've never heard of before, and I think that's a good thing. I mean, it can't be a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a lower barrier of entry for people that have a phone. I mean, if you're a yeah. beginner trigger, it's easy for you just to quickly film something and you know whack it up online on Instagram rather than yeah. editing on YouTube. And I think mm. I think having also, both of them at the same time is best. Yeah. Yeah, and also like you know, it's it's not uh, it's not a uh, you know maybe you're not you don't necessarily are interested in making like these complete yeah. works of uh, projecting your tricks in a sampler maybe you just want to upload the stuff that you train on the stuff that you make uh, on instagram and that's a perfect format for you and that's mm. uh, that's fine i mean it's 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 not a it's not a how to say uh, it's not necessarily samplers are not necessarily for everyone to create yeah i mean it's a, it's a personal preference Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we're seeing a lot more. Um, almost everything of Johan comes out through Instagram because that's just how he yeah. you know, quickly puts something yeah. out, and it's it's great to see yeah, clips, uh, clips like that. True, yeah. true. So okay, well, great. I think that's uh, question-wise. That's about it from us. Thank yeah. you, Rasmus, yeah. for being on the podcast. Thank you for this. Well, uh, it was very cool, James uh, and uh, Jeremy. I I just have to. I have some final words that I'm just just now been. Um, uh, I'm uh, I'm a bit sad that I forgot to mention two things. Can I mention them? Really? Oh, please, of course, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, so uh, I was saying that uh, I love uh, that the garrison, the garrison are killing it uh, <laughs> currently, and also, of course, I forgot to mention Sean. Sean S is, of course, also killing it. There's uh, there's four in the garrison. I have to mention him as well. I don't want to make Sean Baby Black sad. Uh, also, <laughs> and also, I have to say that in Sweden there was also another very, very legendary person that I met there, and that was Henrik Hawing, the original. Oh, you hang out with Hawing? Yeah, Hawing Wacker, uh, the man oh. himself. Oh wow! I have to call him out as well. Yeah, it was so cool to see him again. Uh, he's such a legend in tricking, and that's also the the history of tricking, like. Nobody remembers him, it seems like. And he's so important. Like He, he is the, so important. The, the Korg D like twist. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It's so important that he, he should he should be a legend, you know. So mm-hmm. I also have to call him out. It was so nice uh, meeting Henrik again. He is the nicest person. When I when I went over to Norway, like I arrived a week before Bergen Gathering. And the day I arrived, he knocked on my he, he found my hotel room, knocked on my hotel door and invited me out for lunch with him and his mum. And we just hung out oh, all day. Nice. It was the nicest thing. That's awesome. Yeah, he's such a cool guy. He's so chill. Yeah. Is he still tricking? Did you trick with him? Yeah, I tricked uh, a little bit with him. Like he was, uh, he was in his uh, business suit. He's like uh, working with banks, uh, something, something with uh, financials and stuff. But uh, but he did like uh, he did cork to cork in his jeans. It was uh, it was cool to see. <laughs> nice, nice. so cool. Yeah. Oh, I miss him. <laughs> Yeah. Any other final words, Rasmus, before we wrap it up? Um, no, not really. I I hope that uh, that it wasn't uh, too boring to to hear my uh, my Danish. I don't know. I have a hard time finding the English words today, so I hope that I made myself understandable. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> no, you did great. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast, Rasmus. And, thank you, James. Uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. I gotta say, I don't remember how we finished the last one of these. Jerry, do we have either. a do we have a catchphrase or something? Do we have like this? <laughs> yeah, we we should. I don't know. Rasmus, can you make up a catchphrase for us to finish this? 
or a catchphrase like for wrapping up the the podcast? Yeah, how how should we finish the podcast? Uh, I don't know, like maybe say something like uh, "keep tricking." Maybe is that too 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 corny? Look, I think that'll work. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll do. <laughs> I, I like some, something like I yeah. You're listening to the Invincible Tricking Podcast. I'm James Daly. Keep tricking. <laughs> you said it for me. We'll leave it at that. Thank yes. you, man. There it is. Beyond tricking. That's it. That's yeah. it. We found it. We just took tricking beyond tricking, everybody. Beyond tricking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>